0: I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is GG World Blade, the show that talks about all things video games. In this episode, we're going to be reviewing Resident Evil Village, the latest installment in the long-running Resident Evil franchise. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Daryl Ong and Dashran Johan.
1: Thank you Hanif. First story of the day is on Blizzard. Blizzard hosted a new Overwatch 2 livestream last week and one of the biggest things to be announced is the sequel that is going to be a 5v5 experience instead of the traditional 6v6.
2: Yes, and this means that the team composition will now be changed to include two damage classes, two support classes and one tank instead of two. And according to the new Overwatch director Aaron Keller,
1: the change will most likely create a more fluid gameplay style. Yeah, this is a pretty big change, especially in the competitive esports scene uh, as you'll most likely force players to use the environment and play the game more strategically and aggressively as they no longer have the defense provided by the second tank player.
2: Yes and tanks will also um, change significantly in the sequel and become more of a frontline brawlers rather than
1: stationary shields. Yeah. Besides that each role also get a passive role bonus that will complement each hero's unique ability. And these changes will affect not only the sequel but also the first game as Overwatch will have parity over the two versions. That's right. Apart from this big shakeup, there are also other things announced as well including this. removal of the Assault Mode from Competitive Play, a new map called Monte Carlo, additional push maps beyond just the Toronto map that was already announced as well as gameplay and design changes and a Jeff Kaplan tribute that's available in-game in the upcoming New York map.
2: Yes, and the game seems to be progressing along nicely so we'll update you with more information
1: as they come. Especially when a KL map comes (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Up next, Microsoft has confirmed that they'll do a joint presentation with the billion-dollar acquisition Bethesda in the upcoming E3 2021 showcase. But this shouldn't come as a surprise
2: though people are wondering whether Bethesda will be given the independence to operate on their own.
1: Yeah, according to the head of Microsoft Studios Matt Booty in an interview with a French publication yes, Bethesda will be given their creative freedom but for this upcoming E3 they will be doing a presentation together. And Bethesda's presentation has always
2: been an event that most gamers and industry observers will look forward to at E3 and at least for this particular year they will be doing it with Microsoft. Yeah so will we see
1: a rumoured star feel being showcased at the event? I mean it's a perfect time for both companies to announce it as well as maybe perhaps confirm its status as a Microsoft exclusive. Let's wait and see. Moving on, the highly popular brawler by NetherRealm,
2: Injustice, Gods Among Us, will be having its official animated movie.
1: Yeah, the announcement of this was kind of coy though, as both DC and Warner Brothers Animation did not make a formal announcement. Rather, this was reviewed via a press release for Batman The Long Halloween Part 2. Among the bonus features included on that Blu-ray set will be a trailer for an Injustice movie.
2: Yeah, but nothing else was revealed for now, including whether the movie will be an adaptation of the game, the comics, or whether it'll be a totally new storyline
1: set in the same universe. Based on the release date of Batman The Long Halloween Part 2, which will be released this coming July, the Injustice movie can come either at the end of the year or maybe early next year. So as always, we'll bring you more information when we have them. That's right. Last but not least, we might be receiving a new time Time splitters game as the series is now officially back in development again. This comes after the publisher Deep Silver announced the reformation of its developer Free Radical Design. Their first order of business?
2: Reviving the Sleeper Hit franchise. The previous game, Time Splitters Future
1: Perfect, was released back in 2005. This new version of Free Radical Design features key members of the original team, including founders Steve Ellis and David Doak. Of course, it's worth remembering that these two individuals were also involved in the development of the beloved GoldenEye 007 and also Perfect Dark. And obviously, the company
2: then was involved in multiple acquisitions and was sold, but now they're back and they are
1: planning to revive this franchise. Time Splitter was originally a PS2 exclusive when it was released in 2000 before going multi platform for both its sequel, Time Splitters 2, and Time Splitters Future Perfect.
2: That's right, but there are no other details uh, that's been revealed so far, but let's keep our ears on the ground for more information in the future. That's right,
1: keep your ears peeled. Daryl and Dashrin on the news back to you Hanif
0: Thank you very much Daryl and Dasheran In 2017, Capcom released Resident Evil 7, a fresh take on the franchise that featured multiple changes, including a shift from third-person to first-person perspective, as well as a new protagonist, Ethan Winters. The game was very well-received, with many critics saying that it has revitalized a franchise that, at that point, has gone stale and devoid of ideas, with a very over-the-top approach. So, reeling off that success, four years later, Capcom has now released a direct sequel, Resident Evil Village. The game puts you in the shoes of Ethan Winters once again, but this time in a different setting. With all the hype that the game has received prior to its release, does the game live up to all of them? Is it as scary as Resident Evil 7? Joining me to unpack it is Jonathan Leo, Content Director at Gaming News website
3: Kakuchopure.com Yeah, long story short, I really love this entry of, of Resident Evil because it basically takes all the greatest bits from all the different Resident Evils and just cram it inside this one game. It has actually nods and gameplay ties to Resident Evil 4, which is arguably the best Resident Evil a lot of people have said so far because of the system change and the action and whatnot. So Resident Evil 8 is actually a story about Ethan Winters from Resident Evil 7. Is it basically a continuation three years after the events of Resident Evil 7 where the Winters family moved to Europe. Their child got kidnapped. Uh, there was a supposed betrayal done by Chris Redfield in the start of the game. And then Ethan Winters has to go look for his kidnapped daughter in a strange village with a castle overlooking it. And the rest of the story, without spoiling anything, just goes up and down in terms of craziness and wackiness from then on. La. It's, how do you say, in terms of scare factor, it's not as scary as Resident Evil 7, which I feel is the scariest among all the Mothership titles lah. But in terms of like, it's it's so creepy, don't get me wrong, Resident Evil 8 has its cookiness and creepiness, but it feels like it's paying a big tribute to Resident Evil 4 without being an outright remake of it. So it takes all the mechanics where you have a shopkeeper, you have upgradable weapons, you actually get a bit more bullets from enemies compared to previous Resident Evil games, and it feels more like a survival action game rather than a pure horror game where Ethan is defenceless. He's not a superpowered human being, but then he can still fight his way out of trouble. And he's got a really cool back and circle move where he just turns 180 degrees backwards really quick. So that's a really good move to actually get through when especially when he's in the village filled with werewolves and I think they're zombies or serfs, I'm not sure. Uh basically zombie women with who carry swords and whatnot and a bunch of other creatures. I'm not gonna spoil here, lah.
0: Yeah, um, I think yeah, there are a lot of things that you brought up there. I think as a game, it's not as scary as Resident Evil 7. And I, I and as someone who played Resident Evil 7 prior to playing Resident Evil 8 and was initially kind of skeptical of Resident Evil 7 being, a, I guess, a fresh take on the Resident Evil game. I was pretty impressed with Resident Evil 7. Um, But at the same time, I was kind of like hoping for Resident Evil Village to also be a bit like Resident Evil 7 in the sense that it's a, a bit slightly like a psychological horror kind of game, right? But it's not as scary. It's more action-y but at the same time, there are moments where it's pretty much scary and I think this, this one particular level is pretty scary. I was pretty scared when I was playing through that level. Was it
3: the Dollhouse level? Did yes. you just mention the name, the Dollhouse
0: level? <laughs> yeah, the Dollhouse level, definitely. Because the game took like a di- totally different turn when you reach that level, the, the Dollhouse level and... Yeah, I was presently surprised by that level because it, it, it has a combination of the puzzle and also the 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 scariness, right? And I guess I was pretty much spooked out uh, a lot more in that level compared to the totality of my experience with Resident Evil 7. But having said that, Resident Evil 7 did give you like a, a much more of that psychological
3: horror. It's like a nice compact experience. Like, it's like a good contrast. Like, Resident Evil 7 is like a compact experience. It's like, it's supposed to be like a reboot and a refreshing of the series after all the zaniness that happened in Part 6 and Part 5. And I think Resident Evil Village is like, it's going to come back to what made Resident Evil a bit of a survival action game. So that's why they decided to give Ethan Winters, I guess, gun training at the start of the game. I mean, it was actually explained at the at the start that he has some experience with firearms within the three years, hiding out in Europe with his wife and kid
0: yeah and uh you're right about the game trying to pay homage to resident evil 4 obviously it it is pretty much inspired by resident evil 4 in terms of
3: the gameplay but also i guess the setting right if you think about it uh yeah yeah like the same kind of setting because part four was in a spanish village european village and of course resident evil village is in another type of european village but in that sense it's not like a complete ripoff it's like a basically Capcom knows what to take from Resident Evil 4 and then just put a first-person perspective spin on it and add in its own brand of zaniness in the Resident Evil canon. I will say that there is a level later in the game, I'll just say it's a factory level, which basically took me by complete surprise. It's not exactly my favorite level, but I've actually had a chat with a lot of people who finished the game and went through it and they said that, yeah, it works for them, to, to say the least. So I will say that, for the benefit of the doubt, there might be one or two stages that you may not gel with Resident Evil Village. But as a whole, it's a nice greatest hits compilation with a whole new coat of paint. And it's a follow-up to the Resident Evil 7 storyline. And unlike other Resident Evil games, where they actually have like a shoot-em-up level like near the end of the climax and everything... I like the shoot 'em up level that's presented in this Resident Evil near the end compared to the other versions, the other sequels. Like, they pulled that segment off really well. It's like a staple, like a tradition.
0: Yeah. What I like about, I guess, uh, this game is that each level has enough of a different taste and vibe in terms of the, the approach that it feels... Um, Different enough that it feels fresh throughout. That like you kind of like look forward to like okay, what what are they going to kind of like serve you after this, right? You know, as you as as you face all the other four characters, right? Um, Yeah, mind mind sharing what what is it about the last level that you feel that's a bit
3: different. Um, well, all I can say without spoiling is basically it's set in a factory. That's all I can, you know, mention because this game is still pretty fresh and I basically at the end of this talk, I want to tell everyone who hasn't bought it to go buy it because it's a really good survival horror action game if you're into that sort of thing. And what's really cool is it actually still keeps with the tradition of having replayability because once you've done the game, you can actually opt to complete different challenges that gives you points. And these bonus points, you can actually use it to buy either figurines or character models or buy cheat codes that you can activate in another playthrough so you can make your subsequent playthroughs easier for yourself. Or if you want, you can basically buy um, Mercenaries mode, which is another bonus mode where Ethan gets a gun, you just shoot as many things as possible in chains before time runs out and you get power-ups. So that's the arcade element to it, the replayability factor, which I believe was the reason why it's worth the money to buy. Like people complain that the game is a bit short, but no, it's actually your first playthrough is going to be long, like 10, 12, 14 hours tops. And then your subsequent playthroughs are going to get shorter and shorter because whatever solutions you have in the first playthrough, you can use it again in the second and subsequent playthrough, which basically cuts down your time lah.
0: Mm. Yeah, I thought the line was kind of like just nice. I finished it <laughs> uh, in 14 hours and I think uh it was pretty well paced to be honest. Like, I mean, it's not too long and not too short either. Um, I think Resident Evil 7 is much shorter than Resident Evil Village.
3: Oh yes, yes. I think that was my only beef with part 7. It's like, could have been longer, you know? And then I guess it's both part 4 and part like Village are the ones that actually give me that good amount of length without outstaying its welcome. And then also the replayability factor helps too. Mm. Let's talk about the graphics. Uh, what do you think of the graphics? Oh, they are very beautiful, dude. Like from the detailing to Ethan's hands to all the the bosses and then the main villains in the different houses to like the detailing of the village itself from nighttime to day and then even the fur on the different werewolves you get to fight and even on the special zombies you fight. They, they look really good, especially some of the characters and the monsters you fight. I think in the second half of the game and here's a really cool part like all the stuff you see about Lady D and in the trailer that's basically like 30% of the game like I will give Capcom credit for basically showing restraint not showing a lot and then letting people discover that oh the rest of the 70% of the game is like not even shown at all in the trailers and in the promo material so it's a really good surprise for anyone who buys a game and even to us as well to an extent
0: Mm, yeah, I agree with you because I think like Capcom uh, kind of know what they're doing when they promoted the game and because I guess there's fanfare a- around Lady D they decided to just focus on Lady D and you're right I think Lady D uh, as much as she's quite prominent in the game she featured for only like I guess
3: 30% of the game like literally I think her castle segment is actually like the second longest if you compare it to like a, like one of the later stages that we mentioned earlier on so it's, a, it's like how do you say it? it's like again like I said the greatest hits kind of Resident Evil game that takes the best but gives a different kind of spin and a different gothic trapping to it. Because like when you look at Castle Dimitres, it's actually basically the police station level in Resident Evil 2 except you know with a different character chasing you down and like the metroidvania kind of progression going on too. And it's also less annoying because Lady D she will chase you in the game. But she won't go to an extent to chase you in every single room, which is welcome. I think this was a lesson Capcom learned after they they took a lot of feedback from Mr. X in Resident Evil 2 remake.
0: That was Jonathan Leo, content director at Kakuchopure.com sharing his thoughts on Resident Evil Village, the latest game in the franchise. Let's go for a short break, stay tuned. This is Gigi well played on BFM 89.9. I am but a humble merchant. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharuddin. We're talking about Resident Evil Village, the follow-up to Resident Evil 7. I'm joined by Jonathan Liu from kakuchopuri.com. And we've spoken about the general vibe of the game, including the graphics and the length. Now let's talk about some of the characters in the game, especially Ethan Winters, whom fans have criticised in the past for being slightly one-dimensional what do you think of all the characters in the game? Like, um, I guess, for, for me, this time around, Ethan Winters, he has a bit more personality compared to in Resident Evil 7, where the story is a bit more, I guess tight, but I guess things were revealed much, much later, only at the end part of the game, right? And as a sequel, it works best uh, I guess because it fleshed out the story that was I guess first um, set up in in Resident Evil Village. Um, And in terms of the characters, yeah, before we talk more about the story,
3: I'm glad that at least Ethan Winters gets a bit more... um He gets a bit more to say, I'll tell you that. But he comes off as more like a cheesy action hero who kind of fails his lines. I think the rest of the other characters surrounding Ethan, the ones he meets, are more interesting. Especially the Duke. The guy who sells you weapons and sells you food, basically.
0: Who'd have thought, right? I think a lot of people are now saying that the Duke is their favourite character compared to prior to the game's release, right?
3: Yes. He's actually, yeah, you know, he, there's actually like, you don't know much about him, but you know that the guy is going to be on your side, you know, through thick and thin, despite his machinations and his suspicious look and everything. But And plus, you know, it's always nice that, you know, he's always... Oh, it's always there when you need him. <laughs> that's the most important thing. And yeah, all the other characters, without spoiling anything, they've got their own stories that you'll find out. And that's one pro tip I want to give for people who are who are playing this for the first time. Just when you're given the chance to explore the village, do that. Try to unravel pieces of lore that you can find in every single house or crevasse or secret area. Like even when you're going through like a linear place, you know, in like one of the boss stages or whatnot there's always going to be a piece of book or a piece of lore you can read up which is basically fleshes out characters in the game itself so it's very interesting
0: yeah i suggest you listeners out there do the same as well yeah i, I think because a lot of stories are not necessarily told directly to you via cutscenes, so i think you'll get a lot more um, aspect of the story via via yeah finding all these little files and books that you can read and just just to, to get a better context of what's actually happening, right? Um, so, yeah, character-wise, I think some of them are quite sympathetic as well. I think, for me personally, yeah, again, without spoiling it, I, I think maybe another character, another villain, sort of, like, maybe upstage Lady D a bit to certain extent. Um, I just thought that, like, that, that, that character's performance
3: was maybe better, in uh, you know, if you look at it at a larger scope of things. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I completely agree with you on that part. Like, I think Capcom did a really good job in, like, making this all self-contained so you do, okay there are some allusions to previous titles especially with the resident evil canon but by and large everyone's stories and lore are all like contained and of course the game itself is great so like it's, it's basically a nice combination nice narrative and nice gameplay mm. do you think that it's difficult or is it's pretty much quite easy to play especially on normal um, on Normal, I did find a bit of a challenge, especially when you're playing it for the first time. But for survival horror fans who have played through Zero, Code Veronica and need that kind of challenge, I suggest you just play it on Hardcore first because that will give them, like, the true survival horror experience. It's not as tough as maybe the PS1 Resident Evil 1 and 2, but it's there, essentially. So for people like me who are really, like, I'm kind of like a survival horror kind of noob, like a newbie character. So I'd rather just play it on the default difficulty before I try other difficulties on my subsequent playthroughs.
0: Mm. The bullet economy in this game is surprisingly both kind of... Sometimes you, you would think that it's generous when you suddenly have a lot of bullets with you and then by the time you confront some enemies, you ended up having not enough bullets. And, and oh. I think with, yeah with my playthrough, I... I like the fact that, you know, at one point when I don't have enough bullets, I had to resort to using other things that I wouldn't usually use. Like, for example, a mine. I'm not really keen on using the mine, but I ended up having to use it. Um, so it's a bit, I like how sometimes they tease you enough to make you think that you have enough bullets to confront all the enemies. and so
3: Oh, you don't. You don't. Even on like your regular play- playthrough, you will not. I actually made quite a few mistakes at this to the point where I had to reload my save and try again so yeah it actually tricks you in that which is why you kind of need to play it like a proper survival horror game despite its action kind of motif compared to the other titles Mm,
0: but surprisingly i don't think you can run that much because the enemies are pretty aggressive compared to resident evil 7 resident evil 7 there are some spots where i just decided to just run away and not confront anyone but i think uh with resident evil village you have to somehow one way or another try and fight your
3: way through Oh, which is why it's pretty cool that they actually have the guard button in this game. Um, now Ethan has a new move where he basically uses his two hands to block. So that is very useful, especially when you're playing on the harder difficulties. It's a bit tricky to time, but once you get the hang of it, you push back enemies. Then you can do the running like you mentioned. Mm. Um, What about the puzzles? What do you think of the puzzles? <laughs> oh, they're, they're well done. They're well done. I mean, you've got like simple puzzles that you have to figure out that they're all solvable in the same room. Although I do believe my only issue is like, you know, like in the game itself, you can only pick up and activate objects that are within your line of sight. If you have to press a button at the bottom or pick up an item at the bottom of your feet, you have to basically turn your camera like you're looking down, downwards and then you have to collect it. That's the one annoying thing because there were some puzzles where I did not actually see a prompt until I actually... Turn my head around. So because of this, I did get stuck in a couple of rooms for about 10, 15 minutes until oh, I had to look down and I see the prompt coming up. I was like, okay, then I solved the puzzle straight away.
0: Yeah, the puzzles are pretty solvable. I mean, if you try and figure it out by yourself, yeah, it's pretty much solvable. They're not that difficult. Um and in a classic resident Evil way and style, it requires you to sometimes, you know, think slightly out of the box and and I guess, you know, figure things out, you know, by applying logic, and even perhaps, I guess, prior experience in playing Resident Evil games, right?
3: Yeah, I think your knife is your best friend when it comes to actually experimenting with the different puzzles. Like, there's actually one puzzle, I mean, there are like doors that has like light bulbs and you kind of have to break them so that the door opens really quick. Otherwise, there's a giant monster who's kind of unkillable chasing after you. So there are moments like that where you kind of have to figure it out on the fly. But it's actually, the level design is actually generous enough to actually... Tell you that, yes, this is how you actually should solve the puzzle without any danger at first. And then they start throwing in more danger elements in different puzzles here and there later on with the same mechanics.
0: Hmm. Enemy types are also much more varied compared to Resident Evil uh, 7, right? Uh, this time around, they try and introduce a lot more enemies, different kinds of enemies that you can fight. Uh, Obviously, um, they give you a lot of different types of weapons as well. I think some of them are throwback
3: to either previous Resident Evil games or also Resident Evil 4, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And even some of them, which I won't mention who, are throwbacks to the point where... There's actually a film director out there who is basically claiming plagiarism or something on Capcom. So and there's actually just news about this that happened a couple of days. So it's, I mean, because there's actually spoiler material in this one, so I'm not going to mention here. But yeah, it's an interesting case. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so overall, the vibe of the game—it's um, slightly, yeah, it's slightly different than RE7. Although, although for me personally, it feels like a natural continuation from uh, Resident Evil 7 in the sense that um, this is when I was playing it. This was exactly the kind of thing that I expect from a sequel to Resident Evil uh, 7. As much as I do kind of miss that slight psychological horror sometimes, uh, that is not really as present in in this game. But having said that as a sequel, it does work. At least as a direct sequel in the Ethan Winters uh, storyline, I suppose. Uh, It it feels uh, very at home uh, and especially when you find nuggets of information regarding the story that throws back to or that refers to um, Resident Evil 7, it feels very, I guess, seamless. And because the story is also a bit more fleshed out compared to the previous game, uh, it makes for a good sequel. And the the fact that it's more actually also makes me feel like, okay, this is like a really, really fun game. I really, I had a very good
3: time playing it. <laughs> I have to be honest. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. I, sh- I share the same sentiment. And despite the fact that the story can be crazy, even for Resident Evil standards, I actually like it because, again, it's... Like, Capcom, they know what they know they've done a lot of these kind of stories with the past eight, nine games they did back then. And then for this particular entry, they're like, you know what? Screw this. We're just going to go all out with whatever we've done with Lady D and all the other characters in the different houses here and there. And it just went in a different place to the point where I do not know where this series is going to go... After Village, like, I don't know what part 9 or part 10 is going to be like at all. Like The future is very uncertain with the way the story and the narrative and the lore has been built up to, which is good, but also crazy line in that sense.
0: Yeah. Um. Having said that, I, I think to the extent, we kind of know that Resident Evil 9 is probably coming. It's probably going to still continue this, quote-unquote, the new, I guess, thread of the storyline, right?
3: Yep, yep, there is. Oh, I do have like a bit of a pro tip. If any one of you are going to finish the game, there's actually a scene at the end of the credits. Now, the problem with the credit... Okay, basically my only pro tip is don't look at the credits. Just look at the picture. Okay, because there's lines of character names at the left side and there are pictures on the right. Focus on the pictures. Because in some parts of the credits, it kind of spoils what will be revealed at the end of those credits. I don't know why Capcom did this, so that's a bit of a nitpick on my end, but it's a pretty big nitpick, especially if you want to be surprised. So that's all I'm going to say.
0: All right, okay. Um. Just another aspect, I would like to just pick your brain a bit. Um. I think I've been re- going online and reading a lot more about this game, and I think based on the, the, the kind of reaction that the fan base uh, has towards the game and also towards Resident Evil's franchise in general, yep. there are some people who said that as much as Resident Evil 4 is well celebrated, it is also the beginning of... Capcom changing the vibe of Resident Evil games to be a bit more action-oriented, which resulted in Resident Evil 5 and 6 being what they are, right? The argument is pretty interesting in the sense that some people actually do prefer the more um, mysterious, horror-driven games from Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3, right? And I think people are also beginning to say the same thing about Resident Evil Village, especially as it follows up from Resident Evil uh, 7, right? So they are now a bit worried that by the time 9 comes, it's going to be uh, more like Resident Evil 5 and 6. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Well, I just hope that if they're going to a different path for Resident Evil 9 or 10, I think they're going to learn their lessons that they made and learn from the mistakes they made in Part 5 and Part 6 and everything in between la because... The reason why Resident Evil 7 was what it was is because everyone did not like how part 5 and 6's direction was, despite the sales numbers being very, very high for those two games. So I think Resident Evil 7 and 8, they're like perfect encapsulations of its particular stories with, you know, part 9 and probably part 10 being God knows what's going to happen, honestly. So I just like to be surprised. I mean, being surprised is always really good than, you know, getting the same thing over and over again. So the future is very uncertain. But again, Capcom, they know that Resident Evil is actually the biggest property and they wouldn't actually screw themselves over purposely anyway. So whatever experiments they do, I would support it as long as, you know, it's kind of justified and makes for a really fun game. So I guess one way to go about it is maybe keep the first person perspective and then whatever they do, they can do whatever they want because it's their their storyline. It's their baby, basically.
0: Yeah, Resident Evil franchise is a very unique franchise. It has that combination of quirkiness, horror, but at the same time, a bit of action as well. It is not like Silent Hill, right? Because I think I remember someone saying that, oh, the dollhouse uh, sequence of the game is Resident Evil trying to be Silent Hill, but in a good way. Uh, but at the same time, Resident Evil, the game is beyond Silent Hill, right? It's different yeah. enough from Silent Hill. And do these two
3: games have their own respective fans that can can like both of them as well, right? Exactly, exactly. I think... At the end of the day, it's like um, it's good that Resident Evil still knows what it is. It's still going to be a survival horror game with its own twists and different takes on it. Although that being said, I'm not sure how they're going to go about doing a Resident Evil 4 remake, because that's actually like the worst kept secret that's been going around back and forth. I kind of feel sorry for the people who are developing that, because Resident Evil Village is as close as you can get to a really good tribute to Part four.
0: Mm. But I think people, to a certain extent, are still like, expecting that remake, right? And it is probably going to come, right? Most likely. <laughs> it
3: probably will, yes. But yeah, we'll see how it goes, La. but I don't envy the team. They have basically a lot of expectations riding on it.
0: Mm. Um, okay, so overall, I know you've sort of like, recommended it earlier, but Resident Evil Village, definitely, if you can get it now, get it now, right? I mean, if, if you want to wait for sale, yeah, sure. But it is a game that's worth getting now, I feel.
3: Oh yeah, it is definitely go and buy it full price when you can. It's, I mean, if that's if you need like that survival horror fix with replayability, go for it. Even if you're new to the series, it's worth jumping into because there's actually a recap of part seven that triggers when you start the game, so you can be up to speed lah.
0: Mm, yeah, I was just about to ask you whether should they play seven first if they want to like get a more wholesome experience with Village.
3: <laughs> well, if they can, if they have time, go ahead. But if they do not have time, yeah, just go straight to part eight.
0: You've been tuning in to GG Well Played and we've been talking about Resident Evil Village, Capcom's latest offering in the Resident Evil franchise. Thank you to my guest Jonathan Leo from KakuchoPore.com for joining me and sharing his thoughts on the game. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, you can find the podcast on pfm.my our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts about the show or the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at bfmradio. My name is Sanif Baharude, Thanks for joining us Game on and stay safe Till next time GG Well Play Thank you for listening to this podcast To find more great interviews Go to bfm.my Or find us on iTunes BFM 89.9 The Business Station